Hi everyone and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi, our fantastic sponsors who bring talent in from around the world and generally try to inspire us all. Tony Robbins is coming up next in September. If you haven't got your tickets for Tony Robbins, then make sure you get to Najahi and get some quick. I'll be there and so should you be. On this episode of the Spencer Lodge podcast, I interview the fantastic David Balfour. I've known him now for nearly 14 years and I got him on the show because he's the number one market leader um, in the advertising and experiential space here in the UAE. David's company, Light Blue, okay, if you're gonna check it out, uh, you'll see the brands that he works with, PlayStation, um, Adidas, and you know, all these big, big companies. But he understands the experiential journey, telling a story um, for a product for the consumer. And it was interesting to understand how he goes about doing that uh, and the difference that he makes for brands in order for them to create a better brand image, but also more importantly, revenue for their business. So without rambling on too much, let's cue the music. Bang, we'll see you on the other side. So, how does someone I've known for as many years as I've known them start a company? What do you call yourself? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you say what you are, David? I don't know. You know, um, do you like titles? I hate titles. Hate it. Uh, it's a big thing in my agency right now. Everyone loves a job title. And I think it's not necessarily just my agency. I think it's, it's very much the mindset of millennial, Gen Z, to have something in their LinkedIn to show really quick progression. Um, is that, is that, a, that quick progression? Is that what it actually is? I think so. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, because I, I hate the titles too. I hate job titles. And people that have a company of one employee and they call themselves CEO and stuff. Yeah. And then there's people, vice presidents. Yeah. I want to know who it's, these- That's such an American thing as well. Vice president of creative services. Why are you? So how, when, when it, okay, when it comes to your business and how do you choose? How, when you're, you're advertising for a role, yeah. do you have to kind of pander to that? I had one guy that applied for a job as creative director from London and he was a creative director, but he wanted to come out as uh, an executive creative director, an ECD, which a company my size wouldn't afford to have an ECD. But he didn't mind not getting paid that money, he just wanted to show progression in his career. Like he went from this job title to this job title to this job title to this one. And so for him being a creative director to move to Dubai, he wanted an ECD role. A step up, a promotion to be seen He wanted to show everyone, the reason why I'm going to Dubai is because I've got this big title. Image. Yeah. Saying that, I suppose image actually is a big thing because of your industry. That's something you have to take seriously with your client remits. 100%. Okay, so for the benefit of everyone that, that doesn't know you, um, first of all, how on earth do you know me? Okay, number two, what's your company called and why did you set it up? Uh, okay, so we've known each other for 14 years. Uh-huh. 14 years. Uh, you got introduced to me via Promo 7 Sports. Jane. Oh, Jane. Yeah, South African Jane. Yes. And Zimbabwe, sorry. Yes, Zimbabwe. And uh, because you were sponsoring a tent at, at the, the Rugby 7s. So we got recommended to you as an agency that will come in and do all the branding and manage your, I think we had Gavin Hastings. 
Gavin yeah, yeah. Gavin Hastings. There was Christian. Uh, Christian Cullen. So we so we managed all oh, that no, for I you. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was epic. That event. Yes. Wasn't it? Okay, that's when we first worked together. But we played. Did we play football together first or not? No, that was but, after. Okay. That was after. Um, so that's how we knew each other. So that's 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just started my agency, Light Blue. Um, so the reason I started the agency was I had always been in the drinks industry previously, worked in the UK for InBev, Tenants Lager, Stellar Artois, for an agency. Moved out here to work for Heineken, did that for two years. Got headhunted by Momentum, which was part of the FB7 network. And decided after two years that I'll sell everything and do it myself. Become an entrepreneur. That's it. And here you are, 14 years later, sat in a furniture showroom. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody used to play football with. Yep. (laughs) On his podcast. (laughs) Oh, what a ride, what a journey. (laughs) You reach dizzy and (laughs) So, why, I mean, is there something in your family line? Is there something in your, your, growing up, the environment you're in that kind of like enabled you to have that entrepreneurial flair? Or did it come out of frustration or what? Um, probably a bit of both. My dad was very business orientated. He was, um, worked for Caterpillar in America and Brazil. He was- Big brand. Big brand, very corporate. You know, he used to wear a suit every day, even when he retired, wore a suit, tie, got all dressed up. He was very much that kind of mindset. And when I was younger and I was just about to go to university, uh, for the three months I went to university, <laughs> Uh, he was like, why don't you join the army? I'm like, I'm okay, Dad. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, nothing wrong with the army, but it wasn't for me. Um, so when I moved out here, there was just that opportunity. And the company I was working for at the time wanted us to do very corporate boring things and you know, the, and not being able to be or have my own destiny in my own hand. That was a big thing for me and being able to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it without having to go to a hierarchy of bosses to say, can we do this? Um, and it's worked so far. Yeah, I'm still here. So, did you enjoy what you do? Love it, okay. absolutely love it. So you're not, you're not someone that's built a business and just feels an immense amount of responsibility towards it and they're kind of like stuck in it now and you, you couldn't no, change? No. You know, I think we've, as an agency, have transformed ourselves to where we are now. Where we were when we started 12 years ago, it was a different type of agency, different mindset. We've matured, uh, we've brought in the right people that work for the right uh, businesses or agencies. Um, we've got staff from, well, there's nearly 45 of us in the agency now. Really, is yeah. there? I remember going in the office remember, when there yeah. were just four or five of you. Well, now we've doubled the size. We've now taken an extra space. So we've completely doubled the size. Uh, we've got 17 different nationalities in the agency. So from Argentina, Americans to Kiwis. We've got our first Kiwi joined us two weeks ago. And what exactly is it that Light Blue do? We are a creative experience agency. Okay. So for anyone listening to that, if you know what that is, (laughs) well done. Well done, you're in. What 
<laughs> I, now, I, I've seen some, I'm, I'm a layman, so I've seen some activations. Yeah. So companies, you said your first company was PlayStation? Yeah, first for uh, client. And I've seen Adidas. Yeah. Who are your other big clients? We work with Bacardi, uh, Shalhoub Group, uh, Estee Lauder, Coty. Uh, we do a lot of partnerships as well. So Arab Luxury World, um, Coca-Cola Arena, and we work with agencies like Havas PR. Okay, so what, what do you do for, because everyone will know Adidas, what yeah. do you do for a company like Adidas? Give an example of, of what you actually do. What's your role okay. for them? So depending on the brief, essentially, because we do running stuff for them, so we film content. Uh, last week we were filming some footballers that are, have just moved to Dubai um, from Europe uh, or we do a brand launch or an activation so let's say so DXB is an example which is you know the, the region's leading street culture uh, festival and it has what 17,000 consumers that will come into the maybe more over a day what we'll do is we'll create an experience for consumers. We'll look at whatever the brands that we're working with, when I say brands or SKUs, could be, they might have four different trainers that we're going to be talking about. So we look at storytelling. How can we engage the consumer if it's a new brand or if it's an old brand? So if it's like Superstar or something that Run DMC used to use, which never go out of fashion, like Stan Smith never goes out of fashion. We had Stan Smith in our space. So the chance to meet Stan Smith and get signature on your trainers, you know, that's pretty unique for, for where we are. So we look at storytelling. How do we look at experiences? How can we make them better, make them fun, shareable on Instagram or whatever platform that they might be on? And so that, that to me sounds on the surface of it quite a fun and easy thing to do, but I'm sure there's a, a damn sight more to it than that. Yeah, I think at the start, when we first started, it was very much, here's a nice concept, here's a nice idea, and here's, here's something that looks really cool. We've moved on from there, where we now look at, we dive into insights, research, and the reason why we're doing something. So we have a methodology called Conviction Live. So we look at convention hunting, brand truths, um, and we try to dive deep into what the consumer mindset is at that time. And it might be, you know, a consumer that will come into Soul DXB as an example at lunchtime is a different consumer mindset that will come in at eight o'clock at night. So how does our space evolve from a, a 12 o'clock consumer to an eight o'clock consumer to a 10 o'clock at night consumer? So we've got to ensure that our space is busy that we sell as well, because that's obviously, especially nowadays as retail experiences or retail um, revenue is down. So that's always a mindset now for you know, our KPIs. So you know, we have to benchmark ourselves against all that. So how do we do that? We look at everything that will affect a consumer coming into our space and how can we keep them within our space and allow for dwell time to them to engage with our products, um, our social engagements, our um, digital activations that we might come up with, or a bar. When you go back to the time you started the business, social media really was maybe kicked about a bit, but not yeah. really anything serious anyone was dealing with. So you've been essentially 
in a business that has had to embrace that all the way through yep. and work out how you can use it for your advantage or to your yeah. advantage or the client's advantage. Did it give you a, a real accelerated learning experience of social media? Oh, um, yeah. Or were you a little bit like me, still going to five years in? Well, that's what I don't, that won't last. <laughs> what was that crazy idea? You know what? Especially in our space and the consumers that we would talk to, they're digital natives. We aren't. You know, we, we you know, I had a, a Commodore sixty four when I was young. You know, now you know my six year old is telling my wife how to switch the TV on. She doesn't know how to work the smart TV. My six-year-old is like, here we go, this is what you do, this is what I'm watching now. She's on YouTube on the TV, or she's on her phone, her iPad, or her Mac, you know, playing around with the kids and stuff. It's a different generation because they've been brought up with this. We weren't, so we had to learn it all. You know, this is, that's a massive difference between where we were and where the kids are now. So we were having a, a briefing session for a new brand that we're working with, and you know, we were looking around the room going, okay, well, everyone here is too old for this to be happening, for us to be having this conversation. We, have, we do internship programs, so we had two girls over, one was from San Diego, one was from Aberdeen, and we had them for six weeks. So we use them, we, we, you know, we dive deep into their knowledge of what would they like to do? You know, what would make them engage with our activations, our concepts, our ideas? It's really nice for us to come up with some great ideas and concepts. You think, yeah, that's amazing, it works. In reality, it might not. So we have to sense check all that with the right target audience, and it's that Gen Z. You know, so we need to have the guys who, within our company, within the agency, who we can do the strategy work, we do the big thinking, the big selling in terms of the concepts and everything else, but we need to sense check it. So that's when we need the that younger generation coming through that will then become the next me and you or whoever. So when it comes to social, and even now you talk about TikTok, I'm like, yeah. what is that? My daughter's on TikTok. You know, so I, I go and research it and I go and try to find out as much about it. I'm not on it, but I've got it, I've downloaded it. Yeah. You know, I'm on Snapchat, yeah. but I never use it. Yeah. But I know how it works, you know, because we have to know how it works, but it's about, understanding the, the landscape of what the consumers are after and what makes them tick. And we always talk about social amplification. Uh, and that's a big part of a KPI with every brand that we talk to. Everyone wants a hashtag. Mm. And if you don't get the right hashtag or too many hashtags for the one brand or the one idea, then it doesn't make sense. So everything, everything that we do, pretty much, is social based or has an output for social now you're a business person which means you have to make money and you have to find clients so how do you get your clients um two ways we have a head of partnerships uh which is a new role for us well new role two and a half years now because previously it was all about word of mouth and word of mouth is still a big part of what we do and how, how we get our business so Joe, who's our head of partnerships, it was essentially it's new business. But for me, I hate that term. Really? Yeah, because for me, it's too hard to sell. I mean, I, I, for me, as I told you, PlayStation was my first client. I'm still with PlayStation now because we work in partnerships. Uh -huh. 
So my thinking was, I want a partnership person. Someone who's going to come in, build a relationship, and not just think, we're here for one project, try to make as much money as possible, and then we're out. Yeah. For me, I'd rather go in, build that relationship, have that trust because of the creative that we do, the work that we deliver, and fair price for both sides, and then keep on growing that relationship, which then for us, we don't need to look for a new business because that business will grow within that certain group. Well, with those partnerships, though, are you, you're essentially having to recommend your clients to other companies too, then? Yeah, we'll, we'll cross-sell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll, you know, there might be an opportunity for us to do, let's say, a World Cup activa activation. You know, we look after um, what we did. We had Budweiser, which was part of the uh, Sirocco group here. We had PlayStation. We have PlayStation and Adidas. So every single one of them wanted to do something for the World Cup. So we sat down and thought, well, budgets are tight. Why don't you, three of you, and see if we can get the other partners involved as well and do something together and put all our budget together. You do it globally, so why not do it locally? Um, and it worked. And we've done it in the last couple of World Cups now. When you look at people in your space, who do you admire? Here? Yeah. Not many. Okay. Internationally? Internationally, 100%. There's some, some great agencies. Uh, Amplify in London. Uh -huh. Amplify, a great agency. They do, they've got, actually got similar clients to what we have as well. Momentum, who I used to work for. I think they do really great stuff. Uh, Jack Morton as well. Uh, I think there's, there's some great agencies, even not within my space, like Goat or Social Chain, uh, that are oh, based Steve in Manchester. Bartlett. Yeah. What do you think about Steve Bartlett? I mean, I don't know him, but I like what he does. I think it's, it's, it's very now. My one concern is, what's it going to look like in 10 years? You know, he, he, he's very cool, it works, he gets lots of things out, um, he challenges people's perception, you know, so he doesn't sit around just hoping that something, he'll make it work, and I like that. Are they growing too quick? I don't know, they're just about to open an office in Australia, I think. Mm -hmm. So that'll be their seventh international, it's like I'm stalking them. Um, <laughs> their seventh agency. I know Steve. Yeah. And I think, I, think, I think they'll do very well. You know, they employ really young people who, are, again, are digital natives. But I just wonder what that space will look like in 10 years or five years time. I don't know. Well, um, I mean, so we've so changed as an agency, yeah, you, you know, we, 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 you know, from an exper purely experiential agency to creating a strategy team, a multimedia department. So I've got Light Blue Media and uh, Smart Tech. So these are three new elements that complement what I do. Yeah, I'm sure he has exactly the same thing. So he must be looking at uh, like media buying because that will, if I was him, probably be the easiest mm breakthrough to the next level of the next stage for his development. It's not a creative thing, is it, media buying? No. It's, a it's an economics thing, yeah. yeah. So then, if you, can you compare um, Steve Bartlett at Social Chain to Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerMedia? Um, not yet. Do you understand what Gary does yeah, yeah. by comparison to Steve? Yeah. Okay, so what does Gary do differently? Uh, I think Steve's very much in our business. Uh-huh. As in social media, he understands it, he gets it, he's the right he demographic, lives he lives it. Uh, Gary is 
too big for his media team. That yeah, I'm sure he does all meetings, or whatever. But it's about his personal brand, and he's not. He's about his company, his agency, and growing that as a business. Because VaynerMedia are not here, or you know, do you know what I mean? A social chain are focusing as an agency. Gary focuses on him. Yeah, he's he's, he's self brand, and so. So you, the way you said that, the way you described that would mean you're leaning into the fact that maybe you don't like what Gary does. No, I, I think what he does is very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not into personal brands. You don't know. we know that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, it might be my Scottishness. I don't know. But for me, it's if you're working for an agency or a brand, you represent the brand and that's one of my biggest issues and that actually has been one of our greatest win points as an agency as Light Blue. When we're running an event for a, a top end brand, it's not a Light Blue event, it's the brand's event. Yeah. We get paid to promote that brand, not when we're at that event, hijack that brand's event to, to allow the world to know it's a Light Blue event, look at me, look at me, look at how amazing I am, it's not about that. For me, it's about the hero is a brand. Mm -hmm. I like the brand to live it. I like the brand to have this moment. A month later, we might put a recap out. This is what we've done for this brand. Mm -hmm. If we get approval from the brand. Mm -hmm. And I've been in meetings uh, and creds presentations where we go in and just introduce ourselves. And we are like, you're the guys who did this. During the presentation of us going, and this is what we did for this brand, this is what we did for this client. And a lot of feedback has come back is, we've been searching to see who did that, because we saw it and it was amazing, it was great. You did this, you did this, you did this. We did not realize it was one agency that did it. Now you're doing the content for Tony Robbins' visit here. Yeah. In the Coca-Cola Arena, and you said earlier on that's because your relationship with the Coca-Cola Arena, is they a client of yours? Yes. Do you, what do you think of Tony Robbins? Um, honest truth? Yeah. Um, it's not my thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not into the whole massive preaching kind of all that. And I do go to SoulCycle and I love SoulCycle. <laughs> <laughs> do you? <laughs> love it. It's my 45 minutes of kind of piece. So whenever I go in America, I go to a place here called Motion Cycle. Uh -huh. you should go. It's the same as, yeah? It's the same idea. Same. They've all been trained by the, the staff there. I'm just not into that kind of... It's a lot of American... Are you, are you, are you would you say, cynical? I can be, but I'm open-minded. that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm open-minded enough to, to sit down and listen and kind of watch, you know, Tony or Gary going on about self-worth and all that kind of stuff and for you to do this you need to go big or you need to do this for you yeah you know, i get it um i'm probably just a little bit too reserved i have been to all of his events and it was five cds in my car <laughs> in 1999 that that had a big impact on me yeah you remember when we used to get um in our cars we used to have a cd stacker yeah in the boot yeah Okay, so I have my car and uh, my CD stacker in the boot, and you get sick of hearing the same music over and over again, <laughs> yeah, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. gosh, that one again. That yeah. one. And so, I don't think back then though you you, you had the whole shuffle aspect, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you could be surprised by the next song. Yeah. You know, you knew what was coming on. Yeah. 
Bon Jovi, Shania Twain. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, bon Jovi, um, um, Prodigy, <laughs> Pete Tong, yeah, whatever, yeah. And so I, I, I bought those CDs. They came in a box and I put them in my car and all I did was listened to those five CDs over and over and over again yep. all the time I, for probably two years, maybe, maybe two and a half years until I went to my first Tony Robbins event. Mm -hmm. And it had a massive impact on how I thought. Yeah. And I, I need a message to go in over and over and over and over again for it to sink in and then for me to try and apply it. And so that, that was a big thing for me. So him coming here, um, although he's been here before, he was here for the World Government Summit, I think. Yes, yeah. Uh, the Global Government Summit, whatever it's called. Um, it, him coming here, um, I think is a chance for people to see somebody that they wouldn't normally see here in this region, mm -hmm. taking the time to, to, I suppose, inspire people. And whilst yeah. there's many people like you here, there's obviously many people that, that feel like they need to be lifted. Yeah. Um, Lisa Nichols was here, the lady from The Secret, um, earlier on this year, and she, she had the same kind of impact on people to help them feel like they could believe because you have a, uh, a professional business that's been running that's steadily grown over the years. Most people aren't fortunate like you because we know that most businesses fail. Yeah. And so a lot of people either are stuck in jobs that they want to get out of or they become uh, solopreneurs or, or I like the term wantrepreneurs yeah. and they can't quite get where they need to go because of the demons that they live with about getting out of bed or should they be doing mm -hmm. it, the indecision and yeah. the, the lack of belief and, the, yeah. and, and or maybe the family telling them, you know, mum and dad saying, you'll never make it like that. You be should go and work in the bank and whatnot. And so sometimes I feel that people need to find someone to share a message with them that can give them hope, but, uh, but also give them an action plan. Yeah. Because in nearly every business that, that I go and see and try and add value to, they have a lot of problems in how they are put together operationally, mm -hmm. um, which means, as I look at it, that a lot of them are destined to fail. Mm -hmm. So I think Tony Robbins has a lot to add from that point of view. Um, like there's other people, it's not just him, it's yep. obviously Napoleon Hill and all these other, the other great people. Um, and I think that if you, if, if you give those types of people a chance, you can make a decision as to whether they're going to be valuable to you or not. Danielle, my business partner, said something that's quite funny. We were at Tony Robbins in Vegas last year or the year before at Business Master. It's a five-day event. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of dancing. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, and a lot of high-energy stuff. And Dan Danielle said, we could have saved three days if it had just given me the content. <laughs> and she said, the content's so valuable. Yeah. I want that content. She yeah. said, everything about it, just, but I don't need to dance with everyone. I think whereas, that's, the, whereas that's the thing. me, I'm like, I've got to dance. I need to dance for yeah. it to go in because I need the whole, I need the whole kind of like energy of the, yeah. the event because if you put me in a classroom with Tony and just have me sit down and like, let's go through the textbooks yeah. and learn the actual factual stuff. For me, I'm, not, I'm not in a peak state to learn that way. Okay. I think that's like, Obviously, I sit on the board of Tribe Global. Uh, there's 39 agencies around the world. We have our annual meetings and then a European meeting and America's meeting. So I'll go along to a lot of these and I'll sit with other business owners. For me, sitting and having that peer-to-peer, -peer, and I'm generally one of the youngest ones around, for me to sit with these guys who have had their agencies for 30 plus years, 
that to me means more than listening to a CD mm -hmm. of someone that doesn't okay. know what my business is. I suppose here is like going to the BBG group, the British business, whatever it's called. Yeah, British business group, yeah. yeah. Um, Did you go to that? I used to. Did you? Yeah. Why? <laughs> No, nothing wrong with it, but like, no. why did you go? So you I, <laughs> I just saw something you had to do. And so I went, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm building a business, I have to go to BBG. I'm British, I need to go. Really? Yeah. So I did it for a year. And? It was rubbish. <laughs> it was just, it was not relevant at all for what I, it was. But you went consistently for a year? I did it for a year. Wow. I, you know, like, I paid my dues and I wanted to go and see what, what it was did about. Did you get anything from it? Um... I got a good mate, that was about it really. Mark Beard, you know, who's at the time he was the president. Uh, but apart from that, no. It was like old boys trying to network or a bit of an old boys network who wants a drink afterwards. Uh, at least with this, I'm in a group of people that are in my business, in my trade, in the advertising space. And I know I can pick up the phone to them at any time and say, look, here's an issue, what would you do? And they'll give me their advice on that. And this tribe network that you're part of, do you, is there any other purpose for you to get together other than that? No, there's a sharing of business, there's knowledge sharing as well. So, so if you have an opportunity to do something, I don't know, yeah, we've I got can a share Sao Paulo connection and you're not there and they're there, you can do that and they yeah. can do that for you. Yeah, and, and we do that, a lot of that. Okay. And then it's, you know, we split fees or there's a, um, a commission based as part of that, as an introductory fee, uh, depending on what it is. The other thing that we also do is, it allows us to go to cities like Austin. So our America's meeting was in Austin last year. Yeah. And we did um, South by Southwest, which for me was the best experience I've ever had. You know, it was the best conference I have ever been to. Wow. And so straight away I'm like, we're coming back next year let's go back because, and I want to take staff with me so that they can do the learnings because the brands, the agencies, the information that we were getting was right on point and on trend for what I do as a, as a living. So for me, it was, I loved the conference and the vibe of the city was, was great. Yeah, there's some conferences that are good and some not so good, I agree there. Tell me, um, since you started the business, were there ever any moments along the way where you thought, this is not gonna work? Um, yeah, I think there was, you know, I started the agency the year before the downturn. Uh -huh. And I think it was a case of, you know, I think one of the months we were tight. Like, I think Ian, who my business partner, um, he had to release about $100,000 from a property for us to pay wages. And and, and pay suppliers as well. But that was right at the start, I think that was like 2009 period of time. It's getting payments from clients. You know, that's the hard cash flows, the hardest thing for us to manage. You know, um, this year we had a large amount of outstanding and then all of a sudden it came in. You know, so if you don't manage that cash flow as a small business or a business owner, that's the toughest thing. So was, there, was there ever a time apart from that at the beginning where you thought, Maybe this isn't going to work out. Um, I did get a letter from the lawyers <laughs> from my old agency. Really? Yeah. 
because they said that I stole a client. Ah, and yeah. here that's not an easy thing to deal with, is it? No. But then the client um, wrote a letter back to the CEO saying, if you don't stop this, we'll pull out everything from all your agencies. Okay. And we're still working with them. Okay, well, that's positive. Yeah. And how does, how does your, your, your kind of like your life, you've got loads of kids. Yeah. Like an army of kids, dogs, you've got a, a wife and responsibilities that go with all of that from a time perspective. Yeah. How do you find time to be effective as a, as a successful entrepreneur and be a good dad and a good husband and stuff? It's, it's tough to manage everything. I think having a great team underneath you, yeah, I've got a great senior management team that I've built. It's taken me a long time to have this team in place. It means that I don't need to go to every event. I don't need to be at every night event during the week because most of our things are at night time or weekends. Um, I travel with Tribe, but that, that's you know short periods of time, you know, three times a year I travel with them. Apart from that, I try to, you know, dip in and out of those type of events, but during the week, I'm not home till 7.30, 7 o'clock at night, depending. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I try to get home to, to bath the kids. It's easier said than done, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that's tough. How old are the kids now? Um, so we've got 6, 10, 15 and 16. What happened there? I remember <laughs> we had little children, didn't we once? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. God, blimey, time has gone so quickly. And two dogs. They're obviously not 15 and 10. No. They're much little younger. Ones. Yeah. Little, little ones. And so you're thinking about moving to the United States? I am, yep. Why? Uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for Lake Blue to be in LA very much based on the type of clients, the type of demographic that we manage and work with. It's a very similar mindset to LA. This will be my fourth, fifth year going to LA in the summer. Uh, kids and wife are already there on holiday. And so I join them next week, next week in 10 days for the month. Um, I'm working as well. So I'm taking the month off completely. But not really. <laughs> but not really. Uh, but yeah, I think for me, uh, the fact of, well, there's another element of succession planning, you know, within the agency. So Craig, who's now my partner in the agency, uh, he's been with me for seven years this summer. I've known him for 18 years. You know, he was my student ambassador at Edinburgh University a long time ago. And for me to make sure that I hold on to the staff that I have, I want that planning succession because the one thing that people will leave us for is where do I go? How, my future? Where's my future? So I have to ensure that I can create a path for them to grow. Mm -hmm. And if I'm staying around, then they're not gonna be able to grow because they will hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. So for me, the opportunity to, to go to the States, especially LA, uh, look at doing what we do here, um, and Craig will run the show here. And Craig will be the, the main guy here and run it. And he will then look at appointing a, a number two to him. And then we have progression. And is that, 
moving across the state something that's exciting for you? Yeah, yeah, it is. You, how long have you been here? 16 years? 16 years now. So you've, have you, you're kind of over it? No, I'm not over it. I, I love Dubai. Okay. Absolutely love it. You know, so it's not a case of me, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and forget about here. Not at all. Um, the first year will be a lot of travel. So I'll do it myself, uh-huh. which will be tough. You know, mm-hmm. hotel rooms or whatever else. I think I've kind of found uh, a place to go and live. I think. Um, Have you ever got a good Caesar salad on room service in any hotel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it comes to you, it doesn't matter what it is doesn't that matter. you order, it just comes no, to you like. No, can't do that. Uh, even when I was away doing a scouting mission and staying in hotels, it was just boring. People think it's glamorous and the 11 hour difference. I can't. You know, I can speak to the wife and kids twice a day, either first thing in the morning, their time, which is night time here, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Around, yeah. So it's, it's, and if you go out for a night out, then you've missed that because you're sleeping. You know, so it's, it, 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 that's tough and that will be tough. So that would be a challenge by itself. But the idea would be that I'll go over, um, employ staff, uh, make sure I've got the right team, I've already started interviews. And it's a culture fit as well. You have to be someone who, you know, and we'll fly them here first you know, as part of the mm. embedding process mm. so that they see what the team do here and how we behave, how we act, how we are as a team, because that's important, because that's what I want over there. A lot of companies that I go and see still to this day are fearful of social media. Yeah. They still don't use social media. Yeah. Where all of my clients come from social media, mm-hmm. like bar none. Every, yeah. every week somebody contacts me and says, can you come and talk to us? Yeah. And I know when they're contacting me, they've already done their research on me. Mm-hmm. And they've pretty much made their mind up that it's me they want to want yeah. to satisfy whatever need they have. I try and teach that to the, the companies that I work with. Yeah. That creation of content is important. Don't try to sell anything. Try and bring value to people. Educate them on stuff that they don't know about. It, when when you having these types of conversations with clients that you work with, mm. do you find that there's still a large number that are just n- either none the wiser or keen to avoid it or just so set in their ways that their mind isn't as open as maybe it should be to adapt to the change that's around us? I think we're lucky enough that the space that we work with, they have to talk to their clients, their consumers, their potential buyers on social. Um, it's not replacing out of home, certainly it's not. Um, it's, it's a cheaper option to do social, but it's tougher as well because you have to create good content that people don't swipe past. Mm. You know, so you, you, you have really a, a small window to grab someone's attention, you know, and pre-roll. You know. It's funny you say that. Gary Vaynerchuk said something I thought was really interesting. He said that people obviously are scroll, 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 yeah? But he, he really, he's really into older people now. Mm-hmm. He said because of two things. Number one, the font is as big as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and he said they scroll slower. Yeah. He said so they've got big font and they scroll slower, so you're going to get more attention from yeah. these people. And, uh, and they're obviously, not, they've, not had, they've not been using social as, uh, as, in, uh, as intrinsically as our kids yeah. have and been part of how they think. And I thought that was really interesting yeah, yeah. to hear. Do you, you, the brands that you work with, is, is social fully accepted in everything and you're just trying to be more creative in the ways that you use yeah. it? Yeah, uh, so it's, 
100% committed. They're in, all our clients. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of one right now that isn't committed to doing either original content, uh, localized content, or they'll use global content. And curate it. And, and play around with it. Okay. Influencers, that's a different segment that will also tap into local influencers who are, who are essentially are celebrities here. You know, you wouldn't be like that in London or New York. You'll use the real celebrities for the same price. But it's, it's a state of play of where we are more than anything else. But creating content, that's not cheap either. Yeah, you can get it done cheap. You can pay, you know, you can go online and buy a logo for $5. You can do something similar on content. There's apps out there that bung things together that you can create. But will you get any cut through? Probably not. Uh, so it really is about understanding the brand, the values of the brand, the consumers that you're looking to target and talk to, and make sure that you get the desired outcome out of it. So it's not just a case of here's my brand, here's the logo and that's it. What are you looking for? What's, what's the output? What's your KPI is? And so that's something that as part of our pitch process to a client, we'll look at what's the key outtake that a consumer will want from your brand, from that piece of content that you just spent whatever with. That's what makes us slightly different to most agencies here because we'll look at the creative as part of that and the strategy around that to ensure that we're either driving someone to a page, we're driving them to retail or purchase straight away. Okay, just a couple more questions. When you take into consideration the socials and then you compare to the billboards, yeah. do you still talk billboards in your industry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there, a, is there, a, are they getting any attention? They are. Um, you're actually seeing a lot more brands coming in now, I believe anyway. You see Adidas as an example. I mean, they're smashing a billboard in front of um, Mall of Emirates. Yeah. Every campaign, they've, they've taken the whole lot. So I think there, there's that. There's a lot of property developers and I think a lot of the property developers are taking outdoor media because people aren't engaging with it on social. So that's how they get their awareness. So then at least you have top of mind. You see the brand logo, you see what it is, what the development is, and then on social, you might then... Dig a bit deeper. To understand what that is about. But for me, I'd much rather have an experience than a billboard that I drive past. Uh-huh. Essentially, that's 100%. If I'm going buy into a brand, I want to see an experience. I want to feel what, what the brand's about rather than here's a big logo with a creative as part of it. Yeah. Depending on the situation of the brand. So if it's a new product, you need mass awareness. So Shakeside Road, millions of drivers driving up and down, then yes. Mm -hmm. Airports, yes. But that's for new brands, I think. Uh, otherwise, it does become a bit of wallpaper. Mm. You know, you just, I don't notice half of the billboards around and I'm working within the industry. When you look at my content and what I've done, mm -hmm. what, what's your observations? <laughs> Funny, <laughs> only because I know you. 
Um, no, it's, 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 it's impactful, it's engaging. And what I like about it is the fact that I want to listen more because of what you talk about and how you engage with the other person. So, so what, 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 what of my content have you consumed before? Is it Instagram stories? Is it a podcast? Is it a, a, uh, a short videos? What is it I've seen at? the short videos. Uh -huh. So the ones on, on Instagram and on uh, LinkedIn. Uh -huh. uh, that's the two platforms I'm mostly on. Um, yeah. I've seen some on Facebook, but I, I rarely go on Facebook. As soon as, as soon as LinkedIn Live is launched, I literally just came from a meeting where somebody's oh, really? got it on a beta test at the moment. Okay. So we were there looking that'll at be, it. Again, you know, the fact that Instagram's gone live, uh, I think that's great. How many people are actually watching it? Don't know. Because uh, generally you have to, with Instagram Live, it's better at an event that you're getting real information that you need to know right now. Otherwise, you're not really watching it. You might as well just record it and do something with it and then post it. LinkedIn Live, I think, might work in a similar way that unless there's real information to, to gather, a new product launch, a new price drop, or whatever it may be, you know, news, real news worthy, then I'm not sure if it will work. You know, if it's a, a, the launch of the new PlayStation 5, then yeah, I'd want to watch it because I want to know the first thing mm -hmm. about you know, what products, what's the developments yeah. on it, what the games are coming out, what new elements are part of it. If it's a case of me interviewing someone, unless you're interviewing Obama or Michelle, then do I, do I need to watch it live? No. No? No, I don't think you do always. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it, it, will, it will change the scape, yes, 100%. But it's about the content that should be live. The questions that people ask me, when I go live on Sunday yeah. nights, I go live on Facebook and Instagram, the questions that people ask me, generally I get more from people on Facebook engaging in, yeah. and the, 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 there's people watching obviously, yeah. but there's more, more questions coming in from people on Facebook than tend to be on Instagram, which I think is quite interesting to interpret. Yeah. I found myself doing way more Instagram nowadays than I did before. Yeah. But um, it's interesting to see. I think I've asked you questions on it. Have you? Yeah. And I'm not saying people don't. No. But I think, yeah, you got me engaged. What is that? What are you doing on my phone? <laughs> Get off doing? my phone. <laughs> Get Lewis off as well. He was really interesting, you know, because um, when, I, when I first interviewed Lewis, he didn't want to be interviewed. And so I interviewed him. <laughs> Can't get him off. I know. Can't get him <laughs> off now, my It took me ages to get him interviewed. And when I interviewed him, we had a huge audience that, 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 that watched it. There, were, there yeah. was hundreds of thousands of people that saw that content. And then I started a podcast with him. And Lewis is, Lewis is actually great, okay, in terms of a personality. Yeah. In terms of the depth, that's where I struggle with him. Okay, so he, he, it's like, it's okay, so what advice would you give? Um, well, just work harder. <laughs> so, no, okay, right, <laughs> so that's another question. What advice would you give specifically to somebody that needed to do this, this, and this? Just work harder. <laughs> so so that's, what, that's why I felt we had to stop. We kind of exhausted yeah. the podcast we did together. But he said that he had a 45% increase in job applicants. Because of it. On, on the back of the podcast. And he said it was worth over a million dollars in sales to him. There That's what he said. So for me, yeah. that goes to prove that if, if you are 
do I mean the real estate industry makes me laugh because the real estate industry doesn't do it all they do is they pay for leads they get leads they they, they yeah. try and make those lead sales yeah. rather than sharing some stuff did you see Andrew Cummings did you see his videos no. luxury property oh yes I have seen, yes I have seen that stuff I don't okay. know what his name was so yeah. he's uh, he was at 10 Downing Street working in politics uh-huh. uh, until two years ago and he came oh here. really and um, when I sat with him, it was like, do you want to do something different? And he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go a bit crazy here. Yeah. And I love it. No, it's great. I mean, I've watched it. I didn't realize what his name was. Uh, and it's great content. I want to watch it. I want to see what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a break from the norm. Because it's tough working in real estate, mm. you know. Cause it's, Highly competitive. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to stand out. And... What, what better way to stand out than being funny and actually good at your job? Mm. You're so, yeah. laugh at yourself, yeah, I agree. Yep. Thank you so much for spending time talking to me. I appreciate no you sharing your thoughts and your insights. How long before you go to the States? Uh, properly? Visa, properly, most likely will be November. Wow. Yeah. Another one of the old hands leaves. Yeah. David Balfour, how do people get hold of you? You can follow me on Instagram at LightBlueDave. Uh, on Twitter at Light Blue Dave, um, LinkedIn David Balfour. Uh, you can follow the company account Light Blue WW. How do inquiries come to you if they do come to you? Which which, which channel? Actually, uh, a lot of LinkedIn. LinkedIn. A lot of LinkedIn, and a lot of people go to our website, have a look at it, and send something to hello. Uh, really? We've had, we've had unbelievable amount of massive massive brands. And it, yeah, it just comes into, I get the, uh, the ones that, hello. Um, <laughs> but the brands that have come through, I'm like, oh my God, unbelievable. And I don't even have that functionality on my, yeah. my website. I never thought people yeah. paid attention to it. Honestly, I've had so many big wow. brands that will come through on hello. Literally, hello, light blue. Yeah. Love the stuff you do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can we have a meeting? Brand X. I mean, and the brands are some, I was really surprised. There you go, I've learnt that. Yeah. Okay, Lizzie, we have to do something about that. Get yes. the hello. Honestly, it, it was, it's, every day, it's so bizarre, because I just wouldn't think so. Never. And you know, we, we went through a bit of, we rebranded, you know, we look at uh, employer branding and our branding for clients and consumers to, to understand who we are. And we do these videos every month, a recap video. And the amount of comments we get from existing clients and clients and clients that we used to work with in the past, who now are reaching back in to go, love the stuff that you did with whatever brand, can we have a chat? So now every month we have a little video, goes out like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Okay, so I do something similar. I do um, a strategic review video. It's three minutes, what I learned in the month of... Yep just to share with people what I've learned, what I found out, what I didn't find out, yeah. what was good and what was bad. And uh, I, I have different people watching that yeah. particular content than I do have listening and you know, watching some of my other stuff. So yeah, stuff applies to people, doesn't it, in yeah. different ways. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. you coming in, man. Appreciate Thanks it. for your time. Nice to see you. Absolutely. Thank you. Until the next one.